Welcome to uh, Paris Valley Church and Digital Online Church. My name is Pastor Chris. I'm so glad that you were here with us. Uh, if you will open your Bibles with me, we're going to be in the New Testament book of 1 Timothy. We're going to be in chapter 4 this morning. And we're continuing in a sermon series called That's Just Not Me. We're looking at the old you, looking at the changes that come in our life with Christ, we're looking at how to maintain those changes as we move into our life with Christ. We've been looking at a healthy, and I introduced this term to you last week, a healthy Christ style. I think we all know what it means to maintain a healthy lifestyle, right? But what needs to change to maintain a healthy Christ style. It's not easy to become a mature Christian. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot more work. It takes more time. It takes more dedication, right? Your path to spiritual health is actually very similar to your path to good uh, physical health. We often, maybe we look in the mirror and we get frustrated and, 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 and maybe we see the way that we look and, and we stand on the scale and we tell ourselves that we're going to make that number on the scale go down. We're going to do that. And then we wake up tomorrow with a desire for a, a difference but we really have no clue how to turn that desire into a lifestyle. You ever look and you see that number, you say, I'm going to change this tomorrow, but I don't really know how to change my desire to lose weight into actually accomplishing my goal. In this case, how do we turn our desire to grow closer to God into a healthy Christ style. We all know the proven techniques when it comes to our physical health goals. Maybe exercise more. Maybe count your calories. You've heard that, right? Stay away from sugars and fatty foods. Maybe eat more fruits and vegetables, right? These are all proven techniques. These methods sound good, and we all know the science behind them, but there's a reason that we have not been able to turn all of these healthy habits into regular practice. This morning, we're going to look to create your healthy spiritual workout plan. And just like you would put reminders around your house, maybe on your bathroom mirror, to help keep you motivated to, to a better physical health and lifestyle, this morning I'm actually going to literally ask you to take notes and put notes around your house and on your mirror this morning that will help remind you and keep you motivated to stay in path for your healthy, spiritual Christ style. When the Apostle Paul was in the depths of his ministry, he was mentoring a gentleman by the name of Timothy. And Paul wrote a letter to Timothy. It's what we call our book of 1 Timothy. 
And they were separated at the time. Paul writes him this letter, and I want you to see what he says. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse number 7 through verse number 8. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, watch this, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. For the average American Christian, this is what their current spiritual workout plan looks like. Maybe you go to church a couple of times a month. Maybe you, you pray before meals for you know five or six seconds, some, some sort of recited prayer. Maybe you recite a prayer with the kids at bedtime when you lay them down to sleep and you pray the Lord and my soul to keep, right? In all honesty, the typical intensity of the American spiritual worth workout is practically worthless. Let me say that again. The typical intensity of the American spiritual workout is practically worthless. It's good for creating a routine for checking things off the list. I went to church, check. I spent some time in prayer, check. I prayed before my meal, check. But it's not going to produce any kind of spiritual fitness. So let's get personal this morning. How intense is your spiritual workout? In church terms, we call this personal devotion. How deep are you personally devoted to Jesus? What does your spiritual workout consist of? Does your spiritual workout meet the level of intensity that you need to keep spiritually fit, to get spiritually fit, and to keep spiritually fit. Is your intensity strong enough? There are some people who go through the motions of maybe putting on their spiritual sweatpants and, and they, they go for a soft God nature walk, holding a golf club, right? And maybe they sit on the couch with one of those little pedal bike things in front of their feet so that they can justify their spiritual laziness as they burn a half a Bible calorie. It's tragic, but it's not rare. There are many Christians who have a nearly non-existent spiritual workout or personal devotion. Maybe that describes you. You know how it all starts? It all starts the same way as when you decided to go to the gym last time. You went out and you bought some workout clothes, right? And you show up at the gym at 6 in the morning, that first day. And you go to the gym and you got this big yawn. Oh, it's early. And you walk around out there and you, you work out hard for 45 minutes. And then you, you go to the car, you go home, you take a shower, and you're on to the rest of your day. And then you plan to do it the next day, but you wake up and you tell yourself, you know what, I could sleep in for, for another 10 minutes and I can go in a little bit late. And, and the following day, your workout is a little bit shorter. And nobody's going to know, right? And then you decide, you know what, it's okay to skip a day. 
And then what happens is your, your hour-long workout turns into a half-hour workout, and then you make this excuse. Oh, I forgot to wash my gym clothes. You know, um, I'm just, I'm just going to take this, this day off. I'll get them washed. I'll be ready to go tomorrow. And nobody will know. Let me show you again what Paul tells Timothy. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 4, where in verse number 1, Paul writes this. He says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith, and they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. The Bible is clearly telling us that without a solid, regular spiritual workout, we are in danger of turning away from the true faith and following something that is deceptive. If we were to list all of the diet fads that have come and gone in your lifetime, I'm sure that we would have a really long list. We have a fascination with following the next popular weight loss fitness guru diet plan from that island of super fit people, right? That, that it's something new out on the market. Somebody else who's making workout videos. But what happens is we fall away from the facts and the truth about our physical fitness. The truth about our physical fitness is the same truth that we learned in elementary school. Exercise more, stay away from sugars and fatty foods, eat more fruits and vegetables, right? The truth has not changed. There are many deceptive spirits in the world of physical fitness, and there is just as many or even more dangerous deceptive spirits in the world of spiritual fitness. The Apostle Paul actually called out the church in Galatia because they were starting to listen to false teachers that had come into their area, and, and, and they weren't getting a very good spiritual workout. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 7. Paul says this. He says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion, it doesn't come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. You know what Paul is saying here to us? He's saying a little bit of compromise ruins the entire plan. He's saying a little bit of letting up will let everything down. So what do you need for a solid spiritual workout and personal devotion plan? I want you to take these notes today and I want you to put them all over the house. If you're here in person, write them down. When you get home, put them on sticky notes or something and put them on the bathroom mirror. I'm not joking. Put them on the bathroom mirror. Here's point number one in your notes this morning. For those of you at home, Allie's going to put this up in your chat room. Copy and paste it. Put it up on the mirror, okay? Point number one in your notes this morning is this. To grow in your healthy Christ style, you need a coach. To grow in your healthy Christ style, you need a coach. Every time you go to the gym... Every time, every single time you walk in to get that gym membership, the sign-up team is going to do something. They are going to start to upsell you on that personal trainer package. 
that personal trainer is going to take you around all the equipment in the gym, and, and they're going to tell you what to do. They're going to yell at you when you sweat, and you are going to pay them extra for it every single time. See, a coach is going to give you directions, but that's not their only job is to give you directions, but they are there to share wisdom. They know what your body needs. They know what the difference in the equipment can do. They can recognize your physical fitness level, and they can assign you exercises that are not too much for your intensity level, but they're not too little for your level either. I read a story about a stay-at-home mom a little while ago who had who was really excited as we were starting to come out of the pandemic. She was really excited that some of the gyms had started to open. And she had decided she was going to go to the gym. She did twice a week for one hour, twice a week. She did the math and figured that these two hours were two hours out of her 112 hours of awake time. Basically, it was 1.7% of all of her awake hours. That's a small number, right? 1.7% of all of her awake hours she was spending at the gym. She said she was so amazed at how being at the gym for two hours a week made a significant difference in the amount of energy that she had and her strength. She said she actually started to feel it in her arms. Only after two weeks, she'd just been there. If your spiritual coach asks you to put in five minutes of spiritual exercise a day, that's about one half of a percent of all of your awake hours. If your coach asks you to put in 10 minutes into your spiritual workout every day, that's about 1% of all of your awake hours. Do you know what your coach would tell you? Your coach would say that you're going to see a big difference in your spiritual strength and your spiritual energy by just putting in 1% of your awake hours to your spiritual workout. Just 1%. I wonder if we even put in 1% of our awake hours into our spiritual workout right now, or if we've got a long way to go to even get there. Paul continues this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, or in verse number 6. He says, he says, he tells Timothy, he says, If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus. One who is nourished, look at that, nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste your time arguing over the godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, watch this, train yourself to be godly. See, Paul, Paul was Timothy's coach. Without a coach, you could walk into the gym and you could sit on the equipment and you could pull down on this bar and you could pick up this rope and you could run on this treadmill. But let's face it, some of us haven't been to the gym since high school, right? There is some equipment at the gym that we really don't know how to use. We look at it and we say, I don't know. You kind of look at the diagram and you think, I'm going to try this, but if people see me around here doing it wrong, they're going to laugh at me. 
But you sit down on it. But you know what can happen if you try and use a piece of equipment without knowing exactly how to do it? You could end up hurting yourself, right? You can hurt up. You could end up hurting yourself. The personal trainer will point you to equipment and routines that are good for you. And they will keep you away from equipment and routines that you're not ready for yet. They'll keep you away from the equipment that could hurt you because you don't know how to use it right. It's pretty common that I'll hear from, you know, new Christians, people young in their faith, they'll say, you know what, okay, I'm jumping in full force in this, and I am going to start reading my Bible from the beginning. I'm going to read through the entire thing. And I'll tell you, as a coach, I'm actually going to advise against that. You say, wow, really? You're going to advise against reading through the whole Bible from the beginning? Yeah, I am. You know why? Because I've been there. And I know what's going to happen. You're going to start reading through Genesis. And you're going to say, oh, well, those all, all those cool Bible stories, the Garden of Eden and Noah's Ark, and there's Abraham, and that's great. And you're going to get into Exodus, and you're going to hear about Pharaoh and the plagues and Moses and, the, and, 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 and out in the desert. And then you're going to get into Numbers, and you're going to start yawning. And then you're going to get into Leviticus, and you are going to fall asleep. And then you are going to put that book down and you're never going to pick it back up. You're not. You know why I know this? Because my coach told me this. Because I've learned this. My coach told me the Bible is all about Jesus. So here's my reading plan to you. Let's go learn about Jesus first. We're going to come back to the Old Testament, okay? We're going to come back and learn how it fits together. But I want you to start in the, in the Gospel of John. You've heard of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? We're going to start in the Gospel of John. Then we're going to go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're going to read John again. We're going to read the book of Acts. And then we're going to continue through reading through the uh, New Testament until you get to the book of Jude. Read the book of Jude, and I want you to stop. You know what comes after Jude, right? The book of Revelation. We're going to stop right there. Because you're going to get into Revelation, you're going to ask a lot of questions, and we're going to come back and study that together, okay? When you get to this point, when you get to the book of Jude, I want you to stop, I want you to call me, and let's talk about the next step. Now we're going to go back to the Old Testament, we're going to see how some of this starts fitting together, okay? My job as a coach, you can find my job description in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 12, it's to equip the saints for the job of ministry, See, even coaches need coaches. You know what coaches do? Coaches train coaches. Come back with me in 1 Timothy. We're in chapter 4, verse number 11. Paul writes this. He says to Timothy, he says, Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in this. Watch this. Five things. In speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture and to teaching. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. This is what Paul is putting in Timothy's workout plan, his spiritual workout plan. He's saying, watch your speech, watch your conduct, watch your love. I want you to work out in your faith, and I want you to work out in your purity. What you say, how you act, how you love. How deep is your faith? How pure is your heart? And all of these are certainly important. These are really important. But Paul also says this. He tells Timothy to devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. 
This is key. In our world, that's church. That's small group. He didn't say devote yourself to the private reading of Scripture. He says devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. That means being at church, being in small group, because you know what that does? That invites accountability. It is public. This is so important. Write this down. Point number two on your notes gets a post-it note up on your mirror, okay? To grow in your healthy Christ style, you need a workout buddy. You need a workout buddy. Somebody who's going to keep you accountable. Somebody who's going to call you at 5.30 in the morning and tell you to get your butt out of bed and get to the gym. That's what a workout buddy is for. And it's even better if you and your workout buddy are working under the same coach. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 23, writes this. Let us hold unswaveringly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Watch this. And, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together, that's church, as some are in a habit of doing, Paul's talking to the Hebrews at this point, okay? But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see that? Encouraging one another, spurring each other on, having a workout buddy. You know that weightlifters don't go into the gym, they don't go to the bench and put 500 pounds of weight on that bar and start doing bench presses without a spotter. That's pretty important. That spotter is a person who keeps you safe. A spotter is, is somebody who is there to save you when you fall. It's somebody who is there to warn you when you're putting on too much weight. Somebody there to scold you when you're not putting on enough weight. And that's probably just as bad. You've got your workout buddy there, and he sees you putting on about 15 pounds of weight on that bar. He says, you know what? Uh-uh. No. That's not going to strengthen you at all. Not only is it encouraging to have a workout buddy, but it's also encouraging for us to be a workout buddy to somebody else. See, this isn't a one-way workout. Your spiritual workout it needs others. Accountability is so important. You need more than just a coach to keep you accountable. Think about this. Your coach or your personal trainer is probably coaching and being the personal trainer to other people as well. Your coach, limited on time, has a lot of people to coach, right? There might be other people next in line to be coached by your personal trainer. Your workout partner, your workout buddy is a friend, somebody who can keep you accountable to the direction that your coach has given you. You know what happens if you don't show up at the gym on the day that you're supposed to meet with your personal trainer? Your personal trainer is going to give your slot to somebody else. Because somebody else is in line to be coached by your coach. And that's what your coach does. Somebody else really wants your spot. 
you need an accountability partner, somebody who is going to keep you on task with the plan. The brother of our Lord, James, in James chapter 1, verse number 22, writes this. He says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like somebody who looks at his face in a, in a mirror and then after looking at himself just goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's like just walking into the gym one time, looking around, running around on the treadmill for a little bit, and then forgetting what you did. There is danger in not having an accountability partner. Because you know what? You can create very harmful routines by yourself, telling yourself that you know how to do it. Say, okay, you know what? I know, I know how to create a, a workout routine. I'm just going to do this all on my own. Not only is that a show of arrogance that you don't need anybody else, but you're keeping yourself from helping somebody else. This is what happens when we try and do things on our own. Is that we can easily deceive ourselves. We can listen to a sermon, but who's going to keep you accountable to the content? We talked about this before. My job is not to come up here and, and speak for 40 minutes and let you just check off an I went to church box on your spiritual to-do list. Uh-uh. My job is to come up here and change lives. My job is to come up here and breathe content into those that you take not just home on Sunday, but you take it to work on Monday and you take it back home on Monday and you breathe it into your family because I know you have an accountability partner, somebody that is asking you to help keep them accountable. We can't do it alone. You need a coach. You need a workout buddy. And point number three in your notes is this. To grow in your healthy Christ style, you need a plan. You need a plan. Your personal trainer at the gym is going to have you doing cardio on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, is going to have you working your arms on Tuesdays, is going to have you working your legs on Thursdays, on Saturdays you're going to work your back and shoulders, and on Sunday you get a day off. You know what that is? That's a plan. That's a plan. You know what you're doing next week. Paul writes a second letter to Timothy. We call it 2 Timothy. Makes sense, right? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 3, Paul writes this. He says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ. Soldiers don't get tired, uh, tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please their officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. That means they can't win the prize unless they follow the plan. So what should be part of your spiritual workout plan? Let's write some of this down. There are many spiritual exercises that could be part of your plan that could help. Fasting, solitude, that quiet time. Prayer is so important. What about your study, your biblical study? Let me ask this. You don't have to answer this out loud. You don't have to raise your hand. When was the last time you spent some time 
memorizing scripture. Was it Sunday school when you were a kid? Singing and worship? That's absolutely part of the plan. Service, serving others, repentance, tithing. It's an important part of the plan, right? Every Sunday we hold corporate worship here. And you can come here. You can literally come into the building and you could sing. You can come here and you could pray. And you can come here and you can repent. And you can come here and serve. There's service opportunities here at church every Sunday. And you can come here and tithe. But what if... What if you and your coach created a spiritual workout plan for you and your workout partner and you held each other accountable to that plan? That'd be a lot of help, right? You could work together with your spiritual workout partner and you could talk about your progress together. Your new spiritual workout partner might be, it might be your new prayer partner. It might be your new service partner. Who is it that you go into the community and you serve with and you work with? Your new spiritual workout partner, it might be your new study partner. It might be somebody who you are studying scripture with together. You are memorizing scripture with together. That's somebody that you call up and say, okay, Repeat this verse back to me. You quiz each other, just like you parents, you quiz the kids, right? On spelling words. Your spiritual workout partner is there for a reason. See, we don't train our bodies by just walking into the gym and getting on whatever machine looks fun. Training, physical training, in training dedication, it's there to make us grow stronger in the right way. Some people are so good at planning, so good at planning, that they actually forget about doing. But we need planners. But if you start a project without planning out the project, it is ab absolutely, actually biblical that people will laugh at you. You show up at the gym without a plan, all you're going to do is waste your money. If you show up to build a house with a hammer and a two-by-four without a plan, all you're going to do is waste your time. Plans help us answer really important questions. Like, what do I do next? What did I just do? What do I need to give more attention to? What part of this project might I need more help from other people on? Where am I going to be in two years? These are all questions that fall into a plan. That's going to lead us back to Paul's words to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is using a sports analogy here because in Corinth, they, were, they understood sports. They were very familiar with outdoor games like the Olympics. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 24, Paul writes this. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. 
They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, Paul says, I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body to make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That's a plan. That's having a coach. That's having a workout partner. That's having a plan. Here's point number four in your notes this morning. To grow in your healthy Christ style, you need a goal. Your goal is your target. It's what you are reaching for. But before we determine what your goal is, let me point something out to you and let me state what your goal isn't. The goal of your healthy Christ style is not salvation. The goal of your healthy Christ style is not salvation. Let me explain that to you. You don't live like Christ so that you could go to heaven. You're already saved. If you are saved, your salvation is guaranteed. You're not earning your way to heaven by your deeds and by your Christ style. It's to grow closer to Christ. It's to create this healthy Christ style because we're commanded to do so, not simply because we want to, but the goal is to know God better. And the goal is to understand God's will for our life better. The goal is to bring glory to God in everything that we do. It's easy to look forward and not know where we're going if we don't have a goal. How many years do you think that you are going to have to be disciplined to obtain that perfectly chiseled six-pack? A lot of time, right? I've been working on it a long time, never have got there, never have. But how many years do you think that you're going to have to work and you're going to have to be disciplined to obtain that perfect, healthy Christ style? Let me say this though, if, if we are asking ourselves how many years, we're actually asking ourselves the wrong question. Because our spiritual maturity, it's not measured in years. I want you to think about a bodybuilder. Any bodybuilder that you've ever seen on TV, you've seen in a magazine, you've seen on a poster. What do you think starts happening the day that they stop training? They start getting fat. They do. The day that they stop eating properly, the day that they stop working out, the day that they get away from their coach, they stop checking in with their workout partner, they, they, they fall away from the plan, they start getting fat. You know what happens to our spiritual Christ style the moment that we start falling away? Yeah, we start adding some spiritual blubber to the side of our Christian walk, right? You know, how, you know how hard it is to run the race when we are spiritually dragging baggage and extra weight around with us? 
And Paul just said, you were doing so well. What deceived you? What got you off track? Once you get on track, it's better that we just not get off track, right? I'm sure we could look back over time throughout Bible history and out of all of history, and we could maybe list the people that we think would have reached spiritual, healthy perfection. We're going to come back to the Apostle Paul. Wrote over a third of the New Testament. Walked by foot over 10,000 miles to teach people about Jesus. And I want you to see what he says to the church in Philippi. In Philippians chapter 13, Paul writes this. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it. This is the goal he's talking about. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward towards Christ. This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about who says, I haven't even got there yet. I keep reaching. I keep working. I keep deep in my dedication. I keep teaching. I keep listening. I keep growing. I keep working out. Because the moment that I stop going to the gym... The moment I stop training, I start getting spiritually fat. And it's hard to run a good race with extra weight. Even Paul says, I haven't reached a full and healthy, complete Christ style, but I'm going to keep working. One of the workout terms that came out of the 1980s was this. Some of you are going to recognize this. No pain. No gain. It means that if it doesn't hurt, then your muscles aren't going to grow. You know what our culture likes to do? They like to look at that term and they want to soften that term because we don't like anything that has to do with pain. They try and create uh, easier ways to build strength without going through the pain to become stronger. Our culture loves shortcuts. Loves them. But let me tell you what, no Olympian ever stood and put his head down to get a gold medal around his neck by taking shortcuts. In our Christian walk, we can't take shortcuts. It's not easy to become a mature Christian. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of dedication. And it takes a lot more work, and it takes more time, and it takes more dedication. What's your goal? What is your goal? I hope your goal is to know God better. I hope your goal is to live according to the words of Jesus. How are you going to get there? You need a plan. 
Maybe right now it's a good time to write that post-it note and to put it up on your bathroom mirror with your dedication to your goal, to the plan that you've learned this morning. Maybe your plan starts with this. You're writing down on a post-it note and you're going to put up there on your mirror, I'm going to be at church on Sunday mornings. Maybe you're going to write, I'm going to be in small group on Monday nights. Small groups online. For those of you online, Allie's going to put a link to the uh, small group sign-up form up in the chat rooms right now. Maybe your plan starts with prayer. Maybe it starts with finding your spiritual workout buddy. One of those goals of our church is to create leaders. And when we say creating leaders, we're referring to actually creating coaches. Let me tell you something. Guys, Jerry is a really good coach. Jerry coaches our men's workout team. Our men's workout team comes together at Thursday night at 6.30. Again, Allie's going to put uh, Jerry's email address, maybe it's jsepulveda at parisvalleycc.com if you could put that in the, in the chat room. But also a link to Thursday night. We've got men, we, we come together in a gym called The Forge. You know what a forge is? It's that hot place where you put metal into and it looks, it looks just like a hunk of metal and then what happens is you pull that metal out and the creator bangs it with a hammer to turn it into something that is amazing. We come together in a workout gym called The Forge, and Jerry is a really good coach on Thursday nights. Ladies, Chantel is your team coach. Chantel and the women's team, they come together to work out on Friday nights. And Chantel will help you find a, a workout buddy, but she's going to bring the women together for spiritual training and practice on Friday nights at 6.30. I coach a team on Monday nights. It's a co-ed team. Everyone can come. We're actually looking for a, a coach for Monday nights. If the Lord is leading you towards coaching, our church is always looking to train up the next coach. So, men, Thursday nights, that's when your gym is open and your coach Jerry is there. Ladies, Friday nights at 6.30. And that's going to be up in your chat room, too, with a link. Chantel is your coach. And she will partner you with a workout buddy. Where are you in your spiritual walk right now? What would you gauge the health of your personal Christ style right now? Could anyone raise your hand and say, on the gauge of a 10, 10 to 10, 10 being the best, I'm at a 10 right now. I'm there, all the way at a 10. The Apostle Paul wouldn't even say that he was at a 10 right now. How many would say, you know what, I'm at a 5. I'm, I'm halfway there, I'm at a 5. I'm at a 2. You're at a 2? I was going to ask. Who, who raises your hand and says, you know what, I'm at a 2 right now? Who could use a personal trainer, a coach, a workout buddy, as a church... We have personal trainers who are here ready to help you. So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to grab your Bible. I'm going to ask you to grab your notepad. 
and I'm going to ask you to get ready to study together. I'm going to get you, ask you to get ready to grow together, to memorize together, to read together, and to grow in your faith together. I'll talk to you about that afterwards, okay? We will. There are personal trainers in this church. And we would love to have you join one of the coaches and come out to the gym. And let's grow in our spiritual Christ style together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you for pointing us towards a strong spiritual Christ style and reminding us that we don't have to create the plan for reminding us that you actually have a workout plan for us. And Lord, I pray that, that you will continue to give us the strength and put people in our lives who will be there to point us in the right direction, who will be there to pray with us, who will be there when we need somebody to call, when we need somebody to pray with. Lord, just remind us of what we need to do. We know that our spiritual health is like our physical health, that it needs attention, constant attention. Don't let us get fat. Lord, don't let us stop our spiritual training. Lord, keep us strong. But remind us that we can't do it alone. We need you and we need others. Lord, I pray for this church body. I don't know who our next coach is, but Lord, I pray for our leaders who don't know their leaders, our members who don't know their members. We're praying for people who you are training to be the next coaches. But Lord, before we can be a coach, we actually need to show up at the gym. We need to study other coaches. Lord, this morning, we're going to come together at a park and we're going to, we're going to stuff plastic secular Easter eggs to go out and invite people to one of the most important church services of the year. The church service where we remind people about your resurrection and why we're here. Lord, I ask you to bless every one of these plastic, simple eggs and all of these invite cards that we're going to hand out, over 3,000 in our city. And I ask that they reach those who you are calling. Lord, this morning hear our praise and hear our worship. Thank you for giving us a workout plan and not letting us go in it alone. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.